What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for another episode of Just a Bit Outside with your hosts, Stark and Macero. Way back. Blue Jays win it. Touch them all, Joe. We are live. Welcome to Just a Bit Outside with Stark and Mazzaro. I'm your host, Ian Starkman, and I am joined by my co-host, Mike Mazzaro. Lots of great sports this past weekend that we will touch on today, including the Blue Jays are red hot. The final two are set for the Stanley Cup. The Phoenix Suns and Milwaukee Bucks take leads in the conference finals. The Euro Cup moves into the quarterfinals. C218 passes and what that means for Canadian sports gambling. But Mike, say hello to everyone coming off our first podcast. How are you feeling and how was your sports weekend? Great. I uh, I spent my Saturday at the vaccination clinic. Got oh, nice. dose number two. Congrats. Yeah, thanks. That's That's been... Uh, important and good i did however the timing the scheduling for me i always try to map my personal life and things i need to do around my team's schedule same uh especially come football season so when the when the schedule came out for the knockout round i already had this vaccine appointment booked and italy was playing at three o'clock the appointment was at five so i took my phone and you know, shout out to the good people at TSN for TSN Go. And I I watched uh, the ending of the game while I was getting vaccinated in the uh, in the clinic. So did you think about changing it for a second and maybe saying, I, I got to move this appointment? I know how important this is, but I got to be watching this game live. No, I couldn't. I mean, something like this, you know, no, I, I wasn't going to change it. Thankfully, I could stream the game on my phone, so it it made the best of both worlds. If it was something, if it wasn't the vaccine, I probably would have canceled the plans, but something like that I wasn't going to do. So I, I had to do, if you remember in Big Daddy, <laughs> when the kids sleep and then the Rangers get a penalty shot and Adam Sandler like <laughs> just jumps up quietly. I gave one of those nice fist pumps while I was waiting to leave. So got home in time to watch the ending of the game, but uh, it's pretty cool. 
I find that with the Euro Cup. I mean, these games are all during the day here in Canada and the East Coast anyway. So there's a lot of people working and watching. I've bumped into a few where they may be in certain work situations, but having an iPad or phone set up to watch the games is that great. But see, that goes back to our conversation last week, Mike. Maybe you start to become a PVR guy. PVR that game. Turn the phone off when you get back home. You could have caught the whole game like you were right there in the moment. Never going to happen on this end, man. <laughs> Couldn't do it. I, I, I check my phone and somebody would no i I can't i can't be that life well speaking of like phones and not having them those types of situations i had a i had a cottage weekend this weekend uh got together with some old college roommates college friends uh some hockey buddies that i used to play with as well went up north get away put the phones away you know do men's stuff, I guess you could say, but it rained the whole weekend, just pissed down here uh, in Northern Ontario, uh, which meant we sat inside, we drank a ton, and we gambled on everything we possibly could. Luckily, we had a TV to follow along on the sports, but I mean, we were playing poker and dominoes and euchre, and uh, I was just dominating, filling my wallet, which was great. I caught a decent-sized pike. Not sure if you saw that, Mike, but go check out my Twitter uh, at Ian Stark Six. Uh, was able to catch a decent sized fish, the big one of the week out of all the boys. I, I didn't know you knew how to use Photoshop. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. I'm in a boat with one of my buddies who uh, shall re- uh, remain nameless, but he's a big uh, power bait guy, which power bait is like this lube stuff you pour on your lure before you toss it in he swears by it right so keep it pg i I lean over to him i'm like all right give me a squirt of that stuff i chuck my lure out there i'm about five feet away from the boat boom i get a bite thing shakes off though i'm disappointed can't believe i thought i had one who knows if i'm gonna get another shot oh i put the lure back over my buddy give me another sprinkle of the magic juice throw it back out this time about 10 feet away boom it hits and i got a good reeled it right in right into the boat of course you know hung over going out on the boat we forgot to bring a net so we're reaching in grabbing this pike to bring it into the boat uh it was a bit of experience and then right as my buddy's taking the picture that i posted on twitter this fish just shit all over my pants so if you zoom in on the nice. p- the picture you can see the fish guts all over me but i did notice that great weekend i was able I to do some that. golfing but my golf game is just i'm lost I'm lost, man. I'm going going through swing changes. My, I have way too many thoughts in my head as I'm standing over the ball right now. It's it's a mess. So I need to work on this golf game of mine, or it's going to be a, a a short summer of not enjoying golf. You just got to do what I do. I, I'm at the point now with it where I just step up, and I'm like, I don't give a shit what I do anymore, and I just hit. Just swing. If it go, I, I've been driving well, but after that, it gets real exciting, so... It's not a foolproof plan. Just don't think and just hit, stupid. That's what I got to say to myself all the time. All right, well, hey, stick around right after the break. We got our T5 coming up, and we'll get into some hot topics in sports. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's move into our T5 from this past weekend in sports. The top five sports topics that Mike and I have spent the past week going back and forth about. And we start with the Toronto Blue Jays finding their game, winning seven of their last 10 games to move them four games above 500. Their offense is clicking with Offensive Player of the Week, Vlad Guerrero Jr. leading the way. But can he move the Jays closer to a playoff spot? Right now, the Jays are sitting six games back of the Red Sox and five games back of the wild card. But... They're in this tough division with Boston also going 6-4 and four in their last 10, and they need to start winning against the Red Sox and Rays, who they're chasing, in order to catch them. And I just don't know if they're going to be able to do that against these two dominant teams in the AL East. A lot more promising play as of late, and you know, not to take anything away from them, but playing Baltimore and Miami will do that. Yep. I think we've said time and time again, you know, my philosophy is is that if you're at least 500 by the All Star break, you got a chance. And you know, Springer's come back in the lineup. Uh, you got five guys that are finalists in All Star balloting, so the lineup, you know, is not the problem. It's what they do on the pitching side of things. So, July 30th trade deadline, we'll see what happens here. There's a couple names that are in AAA that could get call ups to help the pen. If they can get some help and guys can pitch a little bit more consistently, I think they have a real opportunity to be to put their name in uh, in the hat, so to speak. Yeah, and you mentioned it. It's the offense that's leading the way right now. Vladdy leading all-star game voting after phase one, so make sure you guys go out, vote for phase two, get as many Blue Jays in there as you can. He's hitting well, but if you really pay attention to the details, he's hitting everything very well. I mean, he's smashing fastballs when he can, and he's able to find a way to get breaking balls and smash them over to uh, different spots around the field. Uh, he had an inside changeup come in on him the other night, on Sunday, and he smacked that thing over the third baseman's head for a two-run double in the third. Those are the types of things that's going to make him one of the elite hitters in the league. BGO seemed to work his things out a little bit. He's trying to figure out his game, and he has been, uh, maybe with some injuries and some other issues that he's been dealing with. But he needs to take a lot of pitches. He needs to get work those counts, get himself on base, be a smart base runner, and be that type of player to help the big boys when they come up to bat. You mentioned George Springer, and I really do like what the Blue Jays did. They got him back. Yes, it took a little bit longer than we all wanted or anticipated, but now he's back in the lineup. Don't put him at but number one and put him out there to try to lead the team. Put him in the fifth spot. Let him work his way into a nice groove. And once you start slumping just a little bit and you need that spark, 
that's when to move him into that first spot. I think the Blue Jays are handling the Springer thing very great of late. Yeah, and I mean, given where the lineup is and what they are producing, there's no real pressure on him to come in and perform, right? He can ease his way into it. I mean, you know, he's played only a handful of games to this point. He's been in the last, what, five five games I think he's played here down the stretch, 17 at-bats. So he's going to slowly get back into it. But I think, you know, the fact that there's no pressure on him to come in and perform. The the lineup takes care of itself. If he can contribute and eventually work his way up to what everyone expects him to be, then the Jays will continue to be better for it. Yeah, and the, those guys, the offense, they're going to put it in management's hands. If they can start winning some ball games here, start moving up the standings and be serious contenders here, they're going to need to make some moves. You mentioned the bullpen. That's going to be uh, one of the key spots they're going to have to address. Romano's pitching well, and he should be the closer right now, but he's not a real closer. They need to find someone to slide into there, move Romano down to you know maybe the seventh inning, eighth inning when needed to come in and pitch. Reese McGuire, another guy, he's played well behind the plate, uh, but he's not your catcher that you really want if you're going to make a serious run in the playoffs. We know Jansen and both Kirk are, are out right now with injuries, so maybe that's the second spot they need to address after pitching is get a good veteran catcher that can be comfortable for those pitchers behind the plate. I think that's where the Jays need to head as they get closer to the trade deadline. And hopefully, as they get closer to playing games in Toronto, it'll be great to see them back here. Yeah, and Ross Atkins said that you know last week. Obviously, a lot of questions about what direction they're going to go, and he's talked about a focus on the bullpen and what improvements look like. But even beyond the you know the trade deadline, I mean, as teams start to fall off here over the next few weeks, as we get closer to July 30th, more names may present themselves as being available as compared to right now, right? And, you know, a couple guys, like I mentioned, to keep an eye on in the farm system, Nate Pearson, obviously, and another guy, Thomas Hatch, his name's been thrown around as potential guys that could get a call up. I know Pearson's being groomed as a starter, but down the stretch, having a, a decent arm in the bullpen never hurts, yeah. uh, especially if you're in the thick of things. I remember Sanchez, right? Back, I think it was 15 mm-hmm. when they made that playoff run. He wanted to be a starter, but hey, he wanted to get, make the lineup and help the team. He come in as a bullpen. So yep. it'll be interesting how the Jays, uh, if they play well, uh, they'll set themselves up to make some right moves come here uh, once we get into July. Mm-hmm. So as we move on to our T2, the Stanley Cup Finals is set, and the Montreal Canadiens will play the Tampa Bay Lightning. Montreal is back in a cup final for the first time since 1993, and Tampa Bay is looking to be the first back-to-back champion since the Penguins in 2016 and 2017. And I can't keep saying this anymore, Mike. I can't keep saying that Montreal doesn't have a chance. I think I've said it to you before every series. This is going to be a sweep. Well, Montreal doesn't have the offense. They don't have the chance. Well, they're in the finals now. So I, I, I got nothing else to really say against Montreal. Good for them. They've, they've had a hell of a run. They've figured out a way to play, and they've figured out a way to win. I just don't know if they can do it for another time against Tampa, but I, I'm keeping my money away from against Montreal in this series. I think we need to look backwards a little bit before we look forwards. And what I mean by that is if we remember, you know, in fairness to them, the Canadians had a great start to the season. Yes. They were one of the better teams in the NHL. They had issues with COVID. You know, Carey Price got hurt. He was out for a while. And they kind of stumbled into the playoffs. They take care of the Leafs or come back to take care of the Leafs. They sweep Winnipeg. 
and then they beat you know a heavily favored offensive powerhouse in Vegas who you know went to sleep for the second year in a row in the semifinals and Montreal's penalty kill they haven't given up a penalty kill or sorry a power play goal since I think game four of the Toronto series that's really impressive and I think regardless of what happens here in the finals I don't think anybody deserves the con Smythe more than Carey Price you nailed it you nailed it right there I mean Carey Price has proven to his teammates that they can win games if they play a certain way and they all buy into the system and here's the system it's very simple score early no odd man rushes clog the neutral zone and no grade a chances in the slot they can do that. They can easily win four more games against Tampa Bay if it's done exactly perfect. The only difference is, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, the only difference is Tampa Bay is not Toronto, they're not Winnipeg, they're not Vegas. Their top players are gunning right now. The Leafs were stumbling going into it. Winnipeg obviously had their issues, lost Shifley. Vegas, for whatever reason, couldn't get their offense going this playoffs. It's a miracle they even got that far in the playoffs with what they had. But Tampa's not either any of those teams. They're playing great right now. Their top players are very hot. Kucherov, 27 points. Point, 20 points. Kalorn, 17. Stamko, 17. Hedman, 16. That's the top five point producers in all of the NHL playoffs right now. All on the one team. Can Montreal shut down all of these guys on every shift? And can they crawl back if they're down? If Montreal gets down 2-1, 3-1 with a couple goals from Tampa, does Montreal have what it takes to get back? No, their, their entire system that I talked about is completely blown up. So we'll be able to know by the first period if Montreal's got a chance to win or not. Yeah, this is their obviously their biggest test that they are, are going to face here in the playoffs. Um, and of course, it comes down to the Stanley Cup final. Look, I mean, they've gotten this far. They're doing something right. And I mean... You know, the Leafs are certainly no pushovers. The Jets, I mean, okay, they swept them, but each team they played has different strengths and weaknesses, and Montreal remains standing through three rounds. So I think, uh, you know, we've counted them out too many times. I'm not going to do it this time. Sure as hell, not going to do it now. And I've said this again, but they just don't have that one guy that's going to step up and score a big goal when they need it. But for whatever reason, they seem to get the goals when they need it. But you're you're never counting on someone. I, I do believe, though, the Lightning have probably learned something playing against the Islanders. They squeaked past them. The Islanders are going to, you know, play a similar game to the way Montreal does of, of just making it a sloppy game, and that's how they played. I, I don't think the Islanders will be fooled again by that system. I expect them to be very, very aggressive in the first few games in this series, especially at home. Look for them to take lots of chances to get some goals early on Carey Price because they know how important that is to get that first and second goal they know Montreal can't get back into a game when they're down. It'll be it'll be tough for Montreal too. Still missing their head coach, uh, Ducharme, and now Joel Armia is out with COVID protocol. Those are you know big pieces, but they've shown they can they can play. For me, I like Tampa Bay. I think Montreal will make it a series. They're going to find ways to win games here, but I like Tampa Bay to uh, get back to back Stanley Cups here, even even if Kucherov isn't even at hundred percent. I think it's, you know, it's going to be nice if Ducharme can return for game three because that will be the first game in Montreal. I mean, credit to Luke Richardson. He's done a hell of a job coaching this team. 
Uh, obviously, Ducharme has a heavy influence in, in preparation, but he's not there on game day, right? So that's a difference. I'm not going to count out Montreal. I think we'll get an, you know, as you said early on, we're going to get an idea of what this series is going to be about in the first couple periods, you know, first couple games. And if Montreal can keep it tight, you know, they got a chance. It might be billed as a David versus Goliath kind of thing, but, sure it is. you know, we've counted out Montreal three times and they've proven us wrong three times. So we'll see. It shows you, though. You know, coaches may think they're the be all and end all and the, you know, rule with an iron fist type of guy. But, you know, how much does a coach manager actually do? A little teaser, we might be playing a game where we may be managers later on in this uh, episode. But I, I just goes to show if you got a good leadership, good group of guys and they know the system and they know what they're playing. Do you really need your head coach sitting behind you telling you who's up next and who's going? By this time in the playoffs, the players know the matchups. They know who they're going against. So uh, I think Montreal will be just fine without Duchamp. But I think Tampa Bay, put your money where your mouth is. It's time for back-to-back cup champs. I like it. Let's move on to our T3. We are recording this on Monday night. And at this point, the Phoenix Suns have dominated the Clippers and sit one win away from an NBA Finals. While in the Eastern Conference, the Milwaukee Bucks have been in tough against a young Atlanta Hawks team. Mike, how do you see the NBA Conference Finals shaking out? See, I disagree a bit with the in tough. I honestly think it should be 3 nothing Milwaukee right now. Game one, they allowed Atlanta back into the game. And, you know, it, it seemed like anytime they get momentum, they shoot themselves in the foot and it would swing back for Atlanta. And Atlanta got the win. Change things up. Defend Trey Young a hell of a lot better in game two. And hold him to what I think he had only had like 15 points or something in game two, forcing him to pass more, not putting the ball in his hands to do the damage he did. And that game was over by halftime. And then, you know, Chris Middleton steps up and outscores Atlanta himself 20, you know, 20 points for him, 17 points for the Hawks in the fourth quarter and gets the win. I, I think this is going to be the thing with Milwaukee. Giannis is going to do what he does. If a guy like Middleton, you know, Drew Holiday, whoever it is, steps up and has that kind of complimentary performance. This thing's going to be over real quick, uh, especially now. Trey Young's got the ankle problems, uh, <laughs> tripping over the referee. It's it's deemed a bone bruise, so I imagine he'll play. But uh, I, I think Milwaukee just has better depth and a different level they can hit in comparison to Atlanta. Atlanta's overachieved. I think they've got to be happy with where they got, but they're not going to do it yeah the, the bucks are ready now's their time they know it Giannis, milton as you mentioned both over 30 points in game three they need to put the gas down here and just cruise this right through to get to the finals as quickly as possible don't let the hawks back into it you know trey young he's awesome to watch he's just amazing out there uh, i know how he's feeling i once rolled my ankle in high school basketball gym class it's awful i couldn't walk for a week but just to watch him shoot the ball. Equally comparable. Just to watch him shoot the ball. He shoots from anywhere. You know, the logo all the time, the corners. He He's not afraid to shoot the ball, which is great to see. It's the new kind of uh, a la Steph Curry type of player that's out there. Uh, but he can't do it on his own. They need to get some more people around him. He had 35 points in game three. The next closest was only 18. He can't win it on his own. I think you're right. I think the Bucks need to roll right past them and get on to the finals. 
The Suns have been the interesting one to watch. They finally get Chris Paul back from the COVID protocol, which was amazing. Massive for them to have him back. He controls that team. He's such a veteran presence. He plays a smooth game. Great at moving the ball around to all of his teammates. Devin Booker gets fouled out. It's not a big deal. The team still pulls it together to get a win. They're a real strong team overall. And I like their style of play. I think they got a good chance to move on past these Clippers. Clippers, obviously, without Kawhi, that's been a big loss for them. They can't compete without him. No, they can't. They can't. And that's why you sign the best players in the NBA, right, to build these teams to compete in these moments. And unfortunately for him, he's injured. To win three straight, I think, is going to be real tough for them. And momentum is all on Phoenix's side. So they they, they should be good to finish it off. Maybe the Clippers get a game, but I, I don't see them coming back at this point. It kind of reminds me of the Raptors for let's say the last six or seven years for those of you that follow the Raptors they were always close great teams good regular season teams but for whatever reason just couldn't get over that hump to get to an NBA final so they went out and got Kawhi he was the difference maker but if he had got hurt on that playoff run in let's say the Eastern Conference Finals or even before that, the Raptors were done. They weren't making it to a final and they weren't winning a championship without him. And that's the difference between this Clippers team winning and losing is Kawhi. And without him, they can't even get or won't even get to an NBA final. Paul George is what he is. He's a great basketball player, but he's not the leader or the the superstar that Kawhi is. And I just don't think the Clippers have what it takes without him to get to the finals. Uh, I think it's going to be Suns Bucks. I think that's going to be great for the NBA from fresh blood in there, some new superstars, some teams that are, are, aren't super teams. They're, they're kind of well-balanced across the board with some veteran players. I think it's going to be a great final if those two can, can scoot into it. And just on that point, I mean, agreed, but at the same time, Kyle Lowry, you know, is the heart and soul of the Toronto Raptors. Yes. And if anyone's getting a statue, it's him. Yes. I don't know if the Clippers really have that, in my opinion. I, I did want to call out, not sure if you saw this, last Tuesday night, Suns and Clippers, great game, actually, by the way. Came down to the last minute. Game was very close. But the last minute of play took over 35 minutes to actually play out. Yeah. There was five reviews, three challenges, confusions by the refs on a few of the different calls. The clock started too early at one point. The NBA needs a better solution for their final one minute of play, which is the most exciting part of the game. Yeah. I mean, while the actual play was going on through that last minute, it was back and forth shots, ended up being a little tap in for the win on the Suns. That was awesome. But in between that, their fans are sitting there waiting, watching the refs. They need quicker reviews and they need to figure out a better way to get the information down to the referee on what the call is going to be so we can quickly move to getting the ball in play and moving on with the game. It was very slow and tough to watch. Yeah, I 100% agree. I would classify myself as a passive basketball fan. I know enough to know what's going on, but I'm not, I don't invest the amount of time I do with other sports, right? You only right. have so much time, but that's always been a knock I've had on the sport is if there's two minutes left, it takes 30. So it it kind of ruins that emotion, especially the game's close, right? Like you, obviously in in these cases, you got to get these calls right every second because counts. there's so much riding on the line. Exactly. So that's the knock I've kind of had is just as it gets into the 
the stretch here and or down the stretch and the games get tight and the games get close to the ending two minutes turns into 30 so that yeah. that's always been my knock but hey it's the playoffs and you got to get it right oh games have been great fun to watch too so it'll be interesting to see how it goes for sure let's move on to our t4 we are well into the knockout round of the euro cup and it has given us some intense moments some upsets and some great storylines Mike, how are you feeling about Italy and what other games intrigued you this past week? Feeling incredibly great, confident. Game was never in doubt against Austria. Some people may tell you otherwise, but no, I I think for Italy, it was uh, a great test for them. Austria is a very physical kind of team, good pace, and they played incredibly well. They played Italy well. I think Italy still maintained the most threatening possession and were able to move the ball about. But Austria, Austria did a good job of unnerving them and taking them off their game. And hence it went to extra time. But the quality of Italy outshone in the end, which was great. Denmark, they continue their run, smashing Wales 4-0. Great to see after everything they've been through that they're through to the quarterfinals. It's a great story to see them get to this point and keep moving on. And I feel like other fans of countries that aren't in the Euro Cup or have been knocked out, they're excited to see Denmark going because they know the story of Ericsson and and what happened to him and how it, how it must have affected all those players to watch that. And now for them to be successful in this tournament, it's great to see. I really hope, I know he's been out of the hospital, but I'm hoping there's some way that he, you know, he can come and just sit on the sidelines and be there for this experience with his teammates. Hopefully he's able to do that. I think it'd be a great push. It's been one of the best stories in the Euro Cup. And here's another one. Switzerland defeated France wow. in penalties. The reigning world champions are dead. The reigning European champions are dead. So that brings us into upsets. So I know Portugal, they got ousted by Belgium, one nothing. Ronaldo seemed a little bit devastated by this one. Maybe not a biggest upset, no. but a lot of people think Portugal, and especially in and around Toronto, think Portugal is the be-all, end-all. And then Spain upsets Croatia. That's a pretty big one, too. Yeah, I think in this instance, you know, Belgium, I mean, the FIFA rankings, to me, don't mean a whole lot. Belgium is the current i'm using air quotes number one ranked team in the world but i mean the fifa rankings are are outdated uh croatia just an older group they kind of had their successful run there in 2018 going all the way to the finals and you know some older players spain's kind of transitioned with some different faces this tournament uh exciting game to get through so now the games we know to this point everything will be sorted out the knockout or sorry quarterfinals will start on friday czech denmark that's going to be a good game. Czech's been very impressive. Uh, that should be a good game. Italy, Belgium, and Spain's going to play Switzerland. So wow. uh, some interesting uh, interesting games there coming up and really getting exciting. That's for sure. It'll be fun to watch. And as you mentioned, these are the rounds where things get a little bit more intense and your teams really start to buckle down. And you know you're going to see a... You know you're going to see a penalty kick where a guy has the game right there in front of him. It looks so simple, this huge net, little soccer ball. Put it in, but for whatever reason, he kicks it over the net or right into the hands of the goalkeeper. Uh, that's my favorite thing to watch in these in these moments. Look, as long as Italy's not involved in any penalty shootouts, I don't care. I'll be FaceTiming you while, no, they're, in, while they're in a penalty kick just to see the look on your face as you go white as one of your... One of your countrymen kick it over the net. You'll probably be PVRing the game anyway, so that's not going to happen. <laughs> but let's move on to T5, a big one. 
a big one for us. This past week, it was announced that Bill C218 or 218 uh, has been passed in Canada. This means that single game betting will now be legal in Canada and allow for online sports books to open up shortly. This is great news. Hats off to all the politicians who finally figured this one out. It's great for sports in Canada. It's great for sports fans in Canada. A large number of bettors bet responsibly and i know that was the big concern and they're smart about how it works they understand the ins and outs of how betting sports betting works and gambling on single games and that is why proline which was the whole thing that was sitting there waiting and only uh, only allowing gamblers in ontario anyway to gamble on sports it was a ripoff and if you actually know sports gambling you know that proline was a ripoff The only way you could win or play a pro line was doing a parlay. Now, a parlay is multiple games together where you got to win every single one in order to pay out. So if you have three football games on a Sunday and you put five bucks down on it, you could win maybe, you know, 50 if they all hit. But if one loses and two win, you're out. You lose. And that is so tough. If you're an actual gambler, you realize parlays are near impossible to win. And single betting is where it needs to be. You need to be able to watch one game and bet on it. And now Canadians are going to have that ability. I would argue that uh, parlay betting also returns a bigger purse potentially. It does. I said that, you know, I won two NFL pools last season on ProLine. Uh, no big deal. Yes, it is incredibly tough. But I, I think the big thing here for this is the amount of revenue this will bring to each province, right? Because each, while this is a Canadian law, federal law, each province handles their their gambling, right? So, like like you mentioned here in Ontario, it's been pro line. I know in Quebec, it's misogyne uh, to my Montreal friends. Um, nice. So it, it's good. It's going to bring in a lot more money uh, provincially and into Canada as well. Where you know a lot of this money sometimes goes into offshore betting, right? Bookies things like that. So now there's going to be more money coming into the province. And there was a report from Deloitte that suggested within five years of legalization, Canadian sports betting could grow from 500 million to close to $28 billion. Wow. That's insane. So the right thing was done here, obviously. And uh, the provinces are going to obviously benefit as they regulate this stuff. So uh, we'll see. I got to decide who I'm going to be hitching my wagon to. Uh, Probably the score. (laughs) I'll have to do some research. That's a great thing is we're now going to, you know, we're going to get some sports books here in Canada, some online sports books. These apps are easy and simple to use and follow along. Uh, but they'll give you some new stuff that you might not know if you're not a sports gambler. They're going to give you live in-play betting. So if a team goes down, you can bet on them to come back. Uh, Vice versa, you could bet on a team that's up if you think they're going to win now by three or four runs or goals, whatever it may be. You can also bet on individual different plays. Who's going to be the next goal scorer? Will a strike be thrown on the next pitch? Who scores the next three-pointer in a basketball game? All these different things just bring so much new gambling experiences to sports fans in Canada. All teams in sports are now going to have an affiliation with a sports book soon. It's going to happen and it will be noticeable in arenas and stadiums. You're going to know who's associated with each team, just like, you know, what beer company they're associated with. But the one thing I hope is, is that these sports books and teams do it correctly, make it fun, 
Make it interactive for fans. Don't hide away from it. Put it up on the scoreboard. Let people know different bets that are available. What are the odds? How can the fans sitting in the stands pull up their phone and be involved with the other 20,000 fans that are in the stadium at the same time? That's how it needs to get moving along. People need to be able to go to a game and enjoy it and bet on it just like a fan that is sitting at home on his couch doing the exact same thing. We need to bring them all together. Yeah, and that's one of the big, you know, big attractions going to Vegas. I know when I was there, you know, a couple of years ago before the pandemic, everybody goes to Caesars and puts their money down, you know, put down X amount on the Packers win the Super Bowl and, you know, this NASCAR driver. Future bets. Yeah, of course. I actually won one the year the Packers won the Super Bowl. I was in Vegas that summer. I put down like 50 bucks or something. I think I got back 200 American, but like, you know, that that's that's the fun of it. But Mike, that's the thing. That's the thing that people need to understand if it was the politicians that were uptight about it or or the sports teams that maybe had a problem with it. It's not like gambling of the old age. People need to get rid of the stigma of sports gambling. First of all, the players don't care. They're making so much money. Gamblers are never going to inf- influence them, which was always the 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 fear that it would leak into players fixing games. That you can get rid of. The money's too big. And gamblers don't spend thousands on a game. Those type of people are, you know, far and few between. The majority of gamblers are going to want to do, you know, five bucks, 20 bucks, whatever they feel comfortable with. If they're going to invest in sitting and watching a game live, at least let them put a couple bucks on it to enjoy it one way or the other. And if they win a couple back, so be it. They'll probably blow it eventually on the sports book anyway. So it's, it's, entertainment dollars being used. I think it's a great thing for sports in general. I can't wait for it to start being right in my phone as soon as possible. Yeah. And like I said, once, uh, you know, once the provinces start to see the, the revenues it generates, Oh, it's going to be, we should have done this years ago. Of course, you know, you're going to hear that. Should have done this years <laughs> ago. Should have done this. Years well, they've ago. been trying. It's not from a lack of trying. It just, yep. it just never got to this stage. And finally it did. And, you know, here we are. I'm uh, I'm ready to blow money. Good, good. We'll have lots of uh, chatter about different lines, and can't wait for football season. Hopefully, it's set up by then. Oh, so that wraps up. Yes, that wraps up our T five. We have a short break, and then we have a fun game uh, that we'll all play along with together after the break. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mike and I always thought we could be managers of professional sports teams. And one of the biggest decisions a manager or coach has to decide is who to start 
and who to bench. So today we're going to play Stardom, Benchum. Mike, you're up first. All right. I'm going to be benching the NHL playoff salary cap. The NHL salary cap for this season is $81.5 million, And a lot of teams use different mechanisms to uh, what they call cap circumvention. So basically what it is, guys who are on long-term injury reserves, in this case, the one that has brought the most attention currently and why I am talking about it is Nikita Kucherov, who missed the entire regular season for Tampa due to hip surgery to conveniently return for game one of the NHL playoffs against the Florida Panthers, where he scored two goals. And after that, everybody started asking questions. Uh, They were asked about it by the Florida Panthers, both GM and coach said they didn't have any issues with how this was done. Now, what Tampa is doing is not illegal. This is in the the rules. There is no cap, per se, in the playoffs. But I just think it's kind of dirty what they're doing. You know, he's been out all season. He has a cap hit of $9.5 million. So mo- most teams, you know, they're running a little over right now in the playoffs. It happens. But to be in the double digits over... I think that's a bit of a problem. And, you know, the guys come in from not playing an entire season, leads the league in points with 27. So obviously he was fine before game one. He just didn't all of a sudden get up in, you know, five weeks ago and think he was good to go. He's been ready for a while. Like I said, it's not illegal. I just think it's a dumb rule. And I think something needs to be done about it, whether it's, X amount of games need to be played or something in the regular season. So you are eligible for a playoff roster or maybe it's I like that a cap penalty next year. You get, you know, if you're nine million over in the playoffs, I mean, a nine million dollar cap hit in the regular season would be deadly for most teams. But there should be some kind of penalty or luxury tax or something. Carry you know, over. baseball has a luxury tax um, for overage. There needs to be something introduced because, you know, it, it's a stupid rule that is easily breakable. I mean, and especially to Florida, for example, they got better tax breaks than most states. Tax free. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, there's incentive for players to go there and sign there. So, like I said, it, it, it's not what they're doing isn't illegal. I think it's been brought to more people's attention given how Kucherov and the Lightning have performed, and I think it needs to be addressed. Yeah, I agree. I think it's uh, a unique year, but something that the NHL definitely will address. So, Mike, who do you like to start this week? I'm starting Toronto Vaccine Day. Sunday at Scotiabank Arena, Toronto Vaccine Day was hosted, and they set a new record with 26,771 vaccines administered, smashing the previous record of 17,003 which was set at the Texas Motor Speedway in April. The clinic was a partnership between the City of Toronto, Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment, Scotiabank, Michael Guerin Hospital, and the University Health Network. Just an incredible achievement. Massive hats off to everybody for that massive achievement. You know, they get some flack sometimes, but MLSE does a lot of very, very, very good things in our community. Agreed. And, you know, something like this, 26,000 doses between what, 7 and 7 a.m., I think it started, and it went through the day is just incredible because that's, you know, that's obviously the proven way out of all this that we're in right now. So 
incredible achievement and um you know that takes a lot of undertaking by a lot of different people and uh my hat's off to them i also want to give a quick shout out to belgium because the belgian soccer team saved the city of toronto <laughs> by beating portugal and preventing an italy portugal matchup on friday wow. for the quarterfinals so you know, Toronto probably would have suffered greatly if uh, Italy and Portugal squared off. So, you know, I'm sure uh, Torontonians are thanking Belgium for taking care of Portugal and preventing that from happening. So. Great, great stardom. Yeah, I think we're we're moving in the right direction as a province and country with the vaccines and happy to see and, and how it's going to affect baseball uh, this summer and then uh, hockey and basketball in the fall uh, will be great to see. So very happy about that. Don't forget soccer. Soccer too. Bring that TFC back. So for me, putting on my manager's cap, I'm benching Rob Manfred and the MLB for how they're handling the sticky tax situation. There needs to be clear rules about how often a pitcher can be checked and how to do it. They look silly stopping you for a quick pat down as you're walking off the mound, almost like you're going into a nightclub. Let's check your hat. Let's check your glove. It's just silly, and there needs to be a better rule in place. I'm totally on board with a no-substance rule for pitchers. Let them figure it out. Was the timing great in the middle of the season? No. But if you're going to implement it, have a protocol of how these players are going to be checked, when they're going to be checked, and how often they can be checked. The situation with Matt Serger last week being checked three times in a game, it's ridiculous. Do we really think that he's going to be checked and then say, okay, now I can go get some spider tack and put it on my glove or hat? I don't think so. So let's come up with a better idea of how and when we can check these pitchers. Now, having said that, the players have to take a little bit of the blame for how they're acting. Maybe a little childish of throwing their hats and gloves on the ground and pulling your pants down to reveal that you don't have anything hidden. I think that there needs to be the players union and the league together to come up with a better decision. But let's remember that these pitchers are pitching to other players in the union and there needs to be a respect factor about what can and can't be put on the ball. Now, the pitchers also need to give their opinion to the league to let them know about how maybe the ball should be created or how it should feel so we don't have as many injuries as we may have had in the past due to pitchers not being able to grip the ball. MLB needs to make up their mind as to what these pitchers can and can't do and enforce it the proper way. So that's the reason I'm benching Rob Manfred and the MLB on this one. Yeah, good call. It feels like we went from zero to a thousand on this. Too quick. With the check. Yeah, way too quick. But, you know, Max Scherzer, that was awesome. I mean, Joe Girardi calling him out three times and that 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 made for a, a good chuckle. Yeah, I don't blame them for going back and forth on that one. Yeah. I am starting Harris English, a gutsy eight-hole playoff win to win the Travelers Championship this past weekend. He nailed a huge putt on 18 to take the clubhouse lead, and then he battled Kramer Hickok for eight holes till he drained a 16-footer. If you ever nailed a 16-footer, Mike? To take home his second victory of the year, English has been knocking at the door in majors and big events for, I would say, the last uh, 10 to 12 months, finally starting to break through and looking to make his step 
up to that level of those big boys. We talked about a bunch of them last week, names that you always mention going into a major. He now needs to be considered for majors, the Ryder Cup coming up in September. He's going to be a a key player now with two wins this year. He's going to be near the top of the FedEx leaderboard going into the playoffs as well. I think he's a real contender, and I'm starting him. I'm going to back him throughout here as we run down the wire. He might be the hot hand that you want to put some coin on. And by the way, please tell me that everyone on tour calls Kramer Hickok. Let's make sure his nickname is is Cosmo. Do you agree with that one? Absolutely. Absolutely. How can he not be called Cosmo? I was hoping you'd say that. If you said anything other than Cosmo, I was going to unplug and just go start dinner. I think I think that uh, it's, it's great for golf. Get more players involved. I keep talking about this, but we need more and more stars. And now I think Harris English is ready to take that step to the next level. You're going to see guys fall off, though. Obviously, Jordan Spieth did, getting himself back. Ricky Fowler's struggling. Tony Finau's struggling. So it's good to get some good names in there. Yep, all for it. Moving on to our lock of the week. Last week, we went toe-to-toe. I had the Atlanta Hawks plus eight. You had the Bucks money line. Not only did Atlanta get the plus eight, they also won straight up, so you lost that one. I'm 1-0, and and I'm going to kick it off with my lock of the week in one of my favorite games of the year. No, I'm not talking about the Turkey Bowl on Thursday of Thanksgiving for football. I'm talking about Canada Day baseball. I'm taking the Toronto Blue Jays over the Seattle Mariners on Canada Day, July 1st in Buffalo. Right now at minus 135, you can get them, but that might move even further by the time you get to Thursday. The Jays continue their hot ways in Tuesday and Wednesday's games. So they'll be wearing all their red. was one of my favorite games to go to. Going to be sad that I won't be there this year with it being in Buffalo, but we'll be rooting on the Blue Jays from here wearing our red and white. So take the Blue Jays. Mike, who do you got? Good pick, and thank you for reminding me that uh, I lost that's that's great of you for for the reminder. I'm I'm putting my money on my heart. I'm going Italy over Belgium in the quarterfinals on Friday. It looks like two of Belgium's better players, Eden Hazard and Kevin De Bruyne, are going to be out or face a fitness battle for the game. And hopefully, Italian captain Giorgio Chiellini uh, from the great Juventus will be back in the lineup. We hope taking Italy over Belgium, and to book their ticket in the semifinal. Love it. I'll be back in that one as well. I think it's good. I want to give a shout-out to a few reviews we got after the first pod, Mike. Uh, We got this one from J.R.T. Scott. Well, so far, the title and tagline are two of the best quotes from sports movies of all time. I love that review. That's a good one. And then Sandy Five Lands said, looking forward to what appears to be an awesome new sports pod. Thank you for the reviews. Thank you for rating and liking our pod last week. We got lots of feedback from friends and family and people we haven't talked to in a long time. Keep them coming. We love the feedback. Please help us share the pod. Let other people know that it's out there and available and how good it is. You can check us out on Instagram and Twitter at J-A-B-O-Pod, thestringer.ca, and find Mike and I on Twitter to see our thoughts on all the sports throughout the week. 
please subscribe, like, rate our show. And again, as I mentioned, do us a favor and tell a friend to listen. Mike, did you have lots of friends reach out about last week? Yeah, it was a great response after episode one. And uh, nice to see we didn't turn away too many people after the teaser episode. And, you know, we added 40 minutes from that. So uh, good response. And um, we certainly appreciate the uh, the comments, the reviews. And uh, we didn't have to pay for them. So that's always nice. There you go. So keep them coming, people. We'd love to hear it. And as always, clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't lose.